16 minutes it is uh, before 9pm. Under the microscope this evening, we take a look at uh, the number of uh, COVID-19 infections in the province of the Eastern Cape, which have been rising and uh, are currently sitting, according to uh, last count yesterday evening, at uh, 293. It's the fourth most infected province in the country, with uh, the bulk of infections coming through from the two metros in the province, and uh, that is Buffalo City and uh, Nelson Mandela Bay. And it's a large province, very rural, and uh, I guess uh, all manner of uh, social and contextual issues are making uh, social distancing uh, very difficult and uh, it's uh, certainly also a, uh, a province plagued by uh, many service infrastructure backlogs which uh, are set to pronounce uh, the uh, uh, society-wide and uh, community-level impacts uh, of uh, containment measures of COVID-19. The big question we're asking this evening under the microscope is how is the province dealing with this particular matter? And I'm joined on the line by the Premier of the Eastern Cape, uh, Lubabalo Oscar Mabuyani. Ndungwane uh, Manbulis, how are you? I'm very well. Um, thanks for having me in your program. Good evening to you and your listeners. Let's maybe start off here, uh, uh, Premier. I think a lot of people uh, a few weeks ago uh, would have certainly been uh, thinking, you know, the Eastern Cape would probably be the last places where uh, there would be concerns about the spread of this virus. If you look at the profile uh, in many instances, I guess, of the province itself and its exposure, uh, maybe to international travel, let me maybe put it like that. Uh, many people would have said it's probably not going to be a major concern, but we've had in the last few weeks or so on the back of a few funerals, a few travels and a lot of resistance by some people who should have gone into quarantine, a situation that uh, is becoming a lot more difficult. How is the uh, provincial administration responding to this particular matter, especially all of the social, uh, I guess, um, you know, uh, uh, a social and context-specific issues that are contributing to the rise of infections in the province. Thanks, Ayabonga. The sad truth is that uh, indeed we are the fourth uh, uh, largest uh, infected province with the COVID-19, and uh, it's something that uh, we knew that it is inevitable, uh, but we uh, tried our level best to prevent it. Uh, We started our program early enough to try to sensitize people embarking on education and awareness uh, program. Um, I must indicate that the announcement of the lockdown, which uh, created uh, a wind of about three days, uh, allowed uh, the influx of people that were moving from different provinces Mm. back home, which was uh, another uh, setback, I must say. Uh, From there, uh, the incident of, uh, you know, Eastern Cape has got all these... uh, uh, international historical uh, linkages. Uh, if you look at uh, uh, the Germans, etc., and but also we are a tourist destination mm. to number of uh, European uh, tourists. Uh, so we had that kind of environment. First incident, which was linked to uh, Europe, but the person has since recovered. Uh, that uh, the person affected, and the second one was also linked to Europe in Italy, and that person has since also recovered from the other part, uh, the eastern part of the province. Mm. So uh, funerals then became the real issues uh, for us to deal with. Uh, I can tell you uh, this is a really headache that we're dealing with. Um, Almost all the kind of outbreaks, whether you talk about East London, uh, correctional services outbreak, it is linked to a funeral uh, where the two biggest funerals that... uh, appeared to be really epicenters of this. Uh, whether you look at uh, what happened in, in Port Elizabeth, having PE to be where it is, way mm-hmm. above uh, 
120 uh, to date as the first uh, mostly affected, followed by East London and also East London. Uh, correctional services linked to a funeral which uh, took place also across the car. Mm. So funerals are a really uh, threat, a really risk that we have. And also understanding how funerals generally have, uh, are actually organized in, sure. in, in, in these days are almost eventful uh, themselves. Mm. Mm. Uh, that's why we were, even before the regulations on 50 people, we were already putting some regulation as a province to say all funerals must be done uh, in two hours because we're trying to really shorten the number uh, in our attempt to ensure that we are managing the issue of many people moving around mm. uh, into this. But since the introduction of regulations in an attempt of flattening the curve, uh, we've been working on these funerals to be at 50. It's very difficult, I must mm. say. Have, have you been successful in enforcing that? I mean, many people would suggest that uh, it's a very difficult task if you think about how far-flung <laughs> many areas are in the Eastern Cape. Uh, have yeah, you been able to enforce the regulations? One thing to have the regulation, uh, Petula, it's something entirely different uh, to have the cap- capacity to go and enforce and... Yes, of course, it had such a lot of social issues. Uh, you know, Abandu Belali, Yogito Enzo Ilali, Saba Meluan, it has never been easy to say, no, no, you can't come at home. It's a funeral of my family, my mother, it's only family members. So... Turning around that situation, getting our people understanding, accepting that we are at war. We are dealing with this serious threat that is probably can completely erode uh, our humanity. So you had to embark on a serious kind of social facilitation, awareness programs, educating our people. It's not about them uh, leaving uh, uh, humanity. Uh, it's, it's, it's about us trying to prevent the problem. Uh, it's about us trying to actually uh, disrupt the transmission of the virus, uh, etc. It's not easy, uh, but I'm, I'm quite happy. I must, I must commend a lot of our people out there who have responded very well. Uh, leadership, uh, you know, the last uh, few days with the funeral, which would have been one of the biggest in the province, in the 12th apostle, uh, the, the mother president there. Mm. The leadership of that church is commendable. The work that they've done, going out, showcasing what leadership is all about, because they are caring about our people. They are caring about the life uh, of our people. Eastern Cape uh, has got uh, serious uh, challenges on the uh, uh, health profile of our people, understanding the levels of poverty, the levels mm. of unemployment. And we knew that's why from the start we were actually uh, quite... Uh, rigorous uh, out there, uh, very rigorous in saying people must not. And uh, the movement between uh, Eastern Cape and Western Cape mm. is still a killer punch. And uh, mm. some people who are still being uh, transported from Western Cape to here uh, to be buried here, some are uh, COVID-19 uh, positive, and it's mm. a challenge. And how those issues are being handled. Sure. That's why we are putting some measures on funeral to say, okay. even if it's 50, now there must be no kind of catering with mm-hmm. funerals. There must be no all these issues. Tense. People must come in. That person sure. must be dropped straight to the graveyard. A few uh, messages to be done so that everything is done as quick as possible. Mm-hmm. We are used to Premier. that. We'll have to, the upper. we'll have to pause yes, there, Premier. Uh, if you think about how people have always done it.
It's a few minutes now before 9 p.m. You tuned into Metro FM Talk. I'm in conversation uh, with the Premier of the Eastern Cape, uh, Lubabalo Oskamabuyani, and uh, we're speaking about uh, the uh, COVID containment response in the province of the Eastern Cape. And uh, Petula, the other, uh, there's a few issues I want us to address, but uh, but uh, the one issue I want us to maybe touch on now, and uh, we'll come back to, to a few of the other ones, time permitting, is, I guess, the the context and the social milieu of the Eastern Cape, which makes how uh, these lockdown regulations have been framed rather difficult. I mean, uh, if I take uh, many of the uh, uh, rural settlements as Lalin in the Eastern Cape, uh, where where shopping areas or areas where you can buy and pick up emergency supplies uh, are very in short supply themselves, right? You don't find a lot of stores there. And so that implies some uh, travel between the rural areas themselves and key nodes in Dawes uh, let's talk briefly about uh, what impact that then has on compliance with the lockdown regulations and what you are doing alongside the associations and the public transport space to ensure that those spaces are spaces where we contain this virus, uh, those associations on that and many others. Uh, wh- what are some of the conversations looking like there? We, we are talking to national because we've been engaging national as well to look at uh, further amendments around the regulations. As we are putting it correct, it's, it's a very difficult exercise to enforce these regulations, especially when you are saying people can still go to town to find food and everyone is looking for food. Everyone wants to go to town to buy food. Now the challenge you have in rural areas, people can only go to town to buy food. There are no uh, shops and uh, no supermarkets and rural areas. So if that would mean in towns you will forever having people moving around. What makes things worse, uh, which, which we think that it's uh, kind of uh, undermining what we're trying to do, is to say people come into town at 9 o'clock, there is no movement. And you find people being in town the whole day until 4. They've bought food, they're stuck in town, because taxes are not allowed to move. We're engaging around that. We're even saying to minister, probably consider having a rural dispensation around this so that when people are in town, remove them out of town. We're even saying, let's look at how can we regulate time frames of shops themselves so that either they, are, either they open for a particular time in a day and they, so that we are able to lock down the town. Because if we don't, these people in town, they move around, they still do that, and that's all we've said. Now, as part of what we're looking at, at uh, uh, enforcing this, people must also have masks, and mm. people must wear masks. Be it in a funeral, be it in town, wherever you go, because with this kind of an environment, because at the same time, you've got to consider uh, all other number of uh, social uh, mm. issues, uh, as much as we'd want to say. But we want people themselves want people themselves sure. to take responsibility about this. People must not go anywhere, mm. must stay at home. Premier. Even those who are leaving their areas, going to town, they are basically going to town to get virus and bring mm. it back into the rural mm. areas, and it actually gets uh, spreading like that. Premier, you were speaking earlier on about so- the importance of social mobilization and really getting the message out, uh, even the message that you just conveyed now, getting that message uh, to people who need to hear it the most, uh, the ones who are in transit between these towns and uh, uh, many of uh, m- many of our villages within the province. And and I want to maybe ask what role then becomes uh, the role played by traditional authorities here. I mean, we've heard remarks coming from the House of Traditional Leaders, Zape Pondwini, uh, Chief Mwelonongonyana, uh, uh, Chief suggesting that you know they're going to take a wait-and-see approach. They're very unhappy and they think people should give their loved ones a, a right and, uh, uh, to a dignified send-off. But uh, that's the one area of contest. But then there would be another dimension, which is the role that uh, many traditional leaders, uh, it might be as bond, or Porti, uh, Headman, and, and many others, can play in that social mobilization effort. Have you spoken to any of them? 
We're working with the, the traditional leadership uh, institution in our province very well. Uh, our minister had a discussion uh, two days ago with the House, uh, we uh, also represented by the regional representatives into the meeting. Everyone agreeing about these issues and uh, everyone taking responsibilities. We have seen them at the forefront of uh, dismantling all those illegally initiation schools that mm. have been done during this period when we said we are suspending initiation mm. schools. So we have seen that. Even on this one, uh, we have engaged uh, the chairperson of the House and he has said to us he has been called out of context because <laughs> it's, there's nothing about dignity when you are going to destroy and kill people. Mm. This is about saving lives. We are on this war to save lives. We are on this war to make sure that our people still have a future for their nation and the country moving forward. So it's about that. And uh, mm. there is no kind of discord. I must say, uh, we are not really speaking in parables. Uh, we are together. Sure. We are singing from the same hymn book. Uh, it's an issue that uh, we, we are still going to be working it out as mm. we move forward to ensure that we clear those confusions. Because sure. you don't want such kind of confusion mm. to our people when we are saying to our people, this is how we sure. work sure. on the sure. ground. Okay. Headmen, sub-headmen, everyone mm. understand. We talk to those old uh, people uh, in rural areas. They really appreciate what the government is doing. They are really cooperating. They are helping government to spread the message. Sure, sure. Last one, Petula, before we let you go. Uh, unfortunately, we have run out of time. Uh, yes, it sir. seems that a lot has been happening around the area of Kala. Uh, and uh, I guess uh, the, the one issue relates to uh, the regional treasurer of the ANC in the Krisani district, Amato uh, um, uh, And I'd like you maybe go perfumle on that. And then the other issue, of course, relates uh, to the uh, uh, transportation of people who were infected uh, at a funeral. Uh, uh, who have now been transported to Kala, and we understand that uh, alternative accommodation is being looked for uh, for those uh, folk to take them away from Kala into another area as they self-isolate. Uh, these are two issues that have certainly drawn uh, the anger, the ire of people, and uh, certainly confused many of our people. Uh, let's give you, I guess, a minute or so to just maybe clarify yeah. what's happening on those two. Well, on the issue of uh, Chief Papiana, I think the issue has been cleared. Papiana himself has uh, regretted the matter has submitted a letter of resignation, has indicated that he would want to be given a three-month leave to deal with those matters. We appreciate that kind of leadership. It's what we want from anyone who's actually corrupt. The issue of obeying regulations, mm. it's, a, it's a responsibility of all of us, particularly leadership, to ensure that our people are protected because leadership is about leading at all difficult uh, material times. On the issue of transportation of uh, people, the issue on how it was handled at a local talk, uh, being shocked, uh, responding to this issue, uh, using the color BNP as a transit because the hospital was not ready to accommodate our decision in the province that we are using public facilities, hospitals mm. in particular. Because even those people are not sick. Yes, most of them are not hospital candidates. They are not supposed to be isolated in hospitals, mm. but they must be uh, clinically monitored every day so that they can recover they can be assisted on whatever treatment they are being put in, support, etc. So that issue has been clear. No money, government money has been spent onto that uh, issue of the PNP, etc. Those people are in the hospital now. MSCs were on the ground. Which hospital, to... Which hospital is that? Glen Gray? Yes, it's Glen Gray okay. and, and in Lady Fair. Mm, okay. Yes. Right. They are there, but also there was an issue of uh, awareness. And you know, people, when you talk about these issues, uh, also from a, a point of being unaware. People can really create all these uh, uh, scaring things. 
at anything to go there to engage people to explain to this mm. uh, what is this uh, virus all about sure, how sure. is it gets transmitted so that our people said to their nerves even the professional staff those who are in the front line mm. what kind of ppe are we talking sure. about which must be available to be used by those who wears what and when mm. those kind mm. of issues we had to make sure that we get uh, on board with education it's going to sure. be ongoing uh, but we are Part of the weakness is that as uh, you learn and try to address these problems, because mm. it was a kind of a shock in rural areas, getting about 17 people, boom, sure, uh, and sure. then we needed to cut that, isolate them immediately. Uh, results are coming today. You wanted to remove them today. Yes, there were arrangements, but our our interest is that let's focus mm. on public facilities. Okay. We can't sustain the right. private facilities because the money that is sure. out there, it will not uh, actually help government moving okay. forward. Petula? Thank you very much uh, for taking the time out to speak to us this evening. Uh, that there's the Premier of the uh, Province of the Eastern Cape, Oscar Mabuyane, speaking to us this evening uh, here on uh, Metro FM Talk. Unfortunately, we have run out of time, and uh, maybe next time we can speak to him about some of the PPE that is being manufactured outside uh, King Williamstown there in Timbaza. Uh, but uh, we'll have to leave it there. The man with the music is here, and he's going to be uh, uh, your soulful accompaniment. As we continue with Lockdown Radio, uh, you have yourself a great evening. Take strength, my Africa. Nanguku, sisaibanga, le economy.